0: It's a good news, bad news story. The good news is there's funding to plant over one billion trees in America. But there's bad news, too. With the details, once again, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks again, Chris. Professor Peter Clark is an applied forest ecologist at the Rubenstein School of Environment and Natural Resources at the University of Vermont, and he was the lead author of this study. Professor Clark, the U.S. Forest Service has been given taxpayer money to plant more than a billion, with a B, trees in the next nine years. But your research found a problem with planting all those trees. Tell us what that problem is.
1: You know, forests play a critical role in our natural solutions as we think about global change. They sequester tremendous amounts of carbon. They also provide useful services for cleaning our air, and water, recreation, economics. And so as we think about forests into the future, this idea of planting trees is really exciting. We can potentially reforest areas that have been degraded. We can restore species. But when push comes to shove, when we start to look at what the availability is in terms of those tree nurseries really where those seedlings are coming from or finding is that the capacity really isn't there and in terms of the seedlings but really the diversity of species and the types of plants that we would like to be able to plant
0: where are all these trees to be planted is there a particular you know zone or or place that they will be trying to put all these
1: i think that really depends on the region in north america and the us and really globally and that's ecosystem-specific. It ultimately depends on the objective. So many of these exciting tree planting initiatives are aimed at reforesting areas. So many of the wildfires, there's really a need to reforest and replant some of those areas. And the area that I come from, pretty densely forested area, we think about other aspects of tree planting, such as, can we restore some pretty critical species or ecosystems that maybe were degraded from past land use? Or as climate warms, maybe the species that are currently here may become less adapted. And so can we maybe bring some southern genotypes or maybe some species into the mix just to start to augment and maybe promote a little bit of ecological resilience and adaptation in our systems? Can you just
0: talk for a moment about this challenge of coming up with a billion seedlings? Because that's probably something that's never been requested before.
1: Yeah, it's really unprecedented and maybe the only comparable example I would give is during the Depression era when we put together the Civilian Conservation Corps and there was tremendous momentum to reforest areas and really jobs creation programs. And so that's really the only comparable example I can think of in maybe a recent history, and that's nearly 80 years ago, 100. So we have plant nurseries that have long supplied the appetite and the need of forest operations and reforestation objectives historically. Now, the ebbs and flows of free markets have made the needs for forest nurseries less apparent. So since the 80s, the number of forest nurseries have really been on the decline. And now as we're starting to see this appetite and this increasing need in this market, what we find is that really those forest nurseries are not there. And when we look to the available nurseries that are still supplying seedlings, oftentimes it's really those that are supplying the staples in the pantry. So when you look to the cupboard in your kitchen... The staples are still there in terms of the species, but I don't know about you, but when it comes to my diet, I like to have a bit of a diversity in the foods that I'm eating to be able to support my nutrition. And so really what we need is a much more packed pantry in terms of the species, but also where we're collecting those species from.
0: How quickly can a nursery have a seedling ready to plant? Perhaps it varies from
1: variety to variety. Yeah, it's typically one to five years, depending on the type of the seedling the size that it's being grown for. I mean, this really plays into some of the speculative nature of the nursery trade. Reading the tea leaves and understanding what that market will desire one, five years down the line can be a pretty tricky task. So growing seedlings requires a little bit of speculative nature and and there are risks associated with that. So oftentimes seedlings will favor those that are reliable with lower financial risks, but oftentimes confer maybe lower reward in the near term in terms of ecological diversity relative to maybe growing more ecological climate-adaptive species that may have a higher financial risk in terms of that speculation, but may have a higher reward in terms of restoration and ecological diversity.
0: Any other solutions to this big challenge that you can recommend?
1: This is a really complex nature and will really require many avenues to be able to support the scaling of nurseries. The nursery trade, as I mentioned, has been generally on the decline over the last many decades. And so being able to rescale will require incentives in the form of funding, particularly as we try to understand what that true market need is in the coming years. We also need clarification in terms of policy and best practices. So many states and our federal government really lack clear policies on the movement of species and the needs in terms of where seeds should be grown and occupied. And then really, if you ask Forest nursery, what their biggest needs are. It relates to workforce development, having folks that are working in a skilled trade, folks that are actually going out and collecting seeds is really a critical bottleneck for forest nurseries. And so it's really a multifaceted problem for forest nurseries being able to scale in the near term.
0: And just to kind of wrap things up from a broader perspective, Can you just talk for a moment about the impact that this sort of a project, a billion trees, can have on our
1: nation's environment? Well, the way I would think about that is trees are long-lived organisms. They live decades, centuries, some of the organisms that our grandkids' grandkids might live under. And so the decisions that we make today in terms of the species that are selected and that are being planted will have long-term ramifications into the future. And so if we are dealing with a limited supply in terms of the numbers of seedlings or maybe just a few select individuals, we may be actually setting ourselves up for a little bit of a challenge in the future by creating more ecological vulnerability. Conversely, if we are able to scale and be able to create greater diversity within our forest nurseries, we may actually be able to rectify some of these problems and actually make our forests a bit more adaptable and resilient and be able to maintain as that critical natural climate solution.
0: Professor Peter Clark, Applied Forest Ecologist at the University of Vermont. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for your time. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That wraps up another edition of InfoTrack. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm your host, Chris Whitting, inviting you to join us next week for another edition of InfoTrack.